This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back in the new episode of the Swarmcast. David Eichel along with Sean Bach and Dylan Byrne for the second week in a row. I'm, I'm actually shocked. I think this is the longest stretch of... Uh, podcast we've had together no last fall it was it, it at least reached four weeks i think at least four weeks we're yeah. all together okay all right that's good sean how you doing i'm doing all right <laughs> i got my room set up finally yesterday yeah i had so I, so I in the hotel no i was sleeping on the floor pretty much for the past week <laughs> in my new apartment because i my air mattress popped so i've <laughs> been sleeping on the floor and parents came yesterday <laughs> My room basically looks like it's out of an ad from Ikea. It's, it, it looks like a freshman dorm, honestly. I love how he saved this story for the, for the opening of the podcast. All right, well, I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you know, you're not sleeping on the floor anymore. I'm actually a little bit bummed. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, but with that, you you and I had a uh, busy weekend while Dylan just went on the golf course and did nothing. So, uh, a lot of storylines to get into. Uh, Iowa Media Day was Friday. We got actually a look at fall camp on Saturday. Scrimmage went longer than I thought it I oh, thought it took would. For, I was literally at like one thirty. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Scrimmage ends at like 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it went for it at least so another like, hour. Yeah, I couldn't move afterwards too because I was so sunburned. Yeah. I still have a lot of burnt on me <laughs> <laughs> but like dylan burn good one david i hope you edit that out no i'm keeping that in that's, that's a 10 of 10 joke we'll use repeatedly uh no i i guess there are a little bit of storylines i mean number one let's start with punters uh ryan gersande is out with a punting competition uh had knee surgery uh, he's gonna be out for the year. I they didn't really specify on what it was. If he'd he'd be back by spring or not, uh, but you know that puts competition down to two. But I think in all reality, it really isn't a competition. I think Michael Sleep Dalton, the transfer from Arizona State, didn't come in to sit on the bench. No, and I think that's been the whole deal since he joined, or even since Iowa started recruiting him, that he was coming in as a starter. I know Iowa fans right when they saw the news that. He was joining the Hawkeyes. They were like, all right, now we finally got our punter. And I think the video that I put out on Saturday pretty much confirmed how good of a punter he is and how capable he will be for this Iowa team. Because we've seen the past two years, especially the inconsistency with punting and how important the special teams is to Iowa and really being able to flip the field. And Iowa hasn't had much success with that. But now with the guy like Sleep Dalton, who was proven at Arizona State. I forget. I don't have the right stats in front of me. He was like about 43.8 or something like that. Isn't that like six yards more than Iowa's punters last year? Yeah. I want to say Rastetter was around 38-ish. Yeah. Well, Rastetter started out really strong last year. But just – 
and it wasn't as bad last year as it had been in the past. Oh, that year before it was, was still something brutal. They, needed, they needed to address. <laughs> like when he had that twenty-five. Like no, he had a twenty-yard punt against Purdue like two years ago. It's just yeah. I mean, it, it's been basically what ever since Kaluzi left. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, Maybe Sleep Dalton's sleep, sleep Dalton started out pretty slow. Uh, during you know drills and stuff, but like you said, I think that ended up being like a fifty-seven yard punt, and it dropped at the one. Yeah, and that's literally the perfect punt. Well, Amir Smith Marset caught it, which if it was game situation, he would probably let that go. Well, would he? I mean, yeah. it's okay, but any, anybody <laughs> else, anybody else. Remember the one against uh, I think Indiana. Yeah, but he got a decent return out of that one. Oh, he did, but yeah. That's like the old-fashioned no, no, no. Oh, wait, yeah, go, go, or as, go. Or as he says, poison, 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 but still ends up getting the ball and <laughs> running with it. <laughs> That's what he did on Saturday. He's yelling, poison, poison, poison. Picks it up, runs like 10 yards. It's like, dude, <laughs> what does poison mean? Just <laughs> to throw the defense off a little yeah. That's That's what I was thinking, too, but. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think Sleep Dalton made a good name for himself. Uh, again, started out pretty slow, but I think he did pretty well. Uh, in terms of other injury news, there's really not much else. Uh, Barrington Wade's supposed to be back this week. He's been missing all fall camp with it. I believe it's a foot issue. Jack Jack Kerner was out of Kids Day, the walk-on DB from Dowling. Um, well, that's why Dane Belton was getting a lot of reps too. That's why, yeah, because I mean Kerner was like backup safety. He's, yeah, he actually he's made some pretty on, pretty good second strides. Second on the depth chart, so. Right. What is he at? Free safety or strong safety? Free safety. Back up to Merriweather, I believe. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. He he looks huge. <laughs> yeah. He looks ginormous. I think Gino? he. No, Jack. Oh. I think he can make an impact if. There's a lot, couple walk-ons that probably will, actually. Yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe Evans, the yeah, walk-on Joe. defensive end. I mean, he's only 245 soaking wet. and Dang. he Thing played was, pretty well. The thing was, he played quarterback in high school, too. Yeah. Frames high. He played quarterback, and I think he played linebacker, so technically an athlete, but he's put on a lot of weight and just a good athlete. He looks big. He had a couple tackles for loss, too. He had that one that he got into the backfield yeah. very, very quickly. I mean, it was a good play. Yeah. Uh, but, no, other than that, I mean, injury. otherwise injury-wise, right now, you know, think, things are good. Yeah. Uh, not not other too much other stuff out of Iowa Media Day, but I will say this: this is a pretty. I don't know if it's just the personality that the new players are coming in, or if it's just them being more comfortable. But I mean, the the tone just throughout the entire media day was the players were open. They were actually pretty engaged. I think this year, rather than I mean, you know, there's certain teams that just don't talk a lot. There's a lot of guys that like 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 to talk, and they were pretty personable. Yeah. Davion I, Nixon, especially. Yeah, I mean, outside of Oliver Martin, who rightfully so is not the most outgoing kid, and also with all the questions he was getting about the NCAA and being unable to answer those, everyone else was pretty pretty open. Um, a lot pretty of these kids waited about two years to talk. I mean, the last couple of years yeah. to talk too. I guess yeah. Tyrone Tracy, Julius Brents. Because as a reminder, freshmen can't uh, do interviews. Which will be interesting if, like, Deuce Hogan or someone gets the starting quarterback job next year. It's like, hey, you can't talk to him until next year. Well, it, but, was, it was interesting a few years back um, when Smith-Marset caught the game winner against Iowa State. <laughs> Obviously, pe- people oh, want yeah. to talk to him, but um, the athletics department just kind of put out a statement. Um, they didn't open it. They didn't make an exception. So, 
Um, that's what happens when stuff like that happens. Well, that's what they did for Riley Moss last year, too. I think it was the Minnesota game. Yeah, the two interceptions. Yeah, they, right? they had a couple quotes that were both like a sentence long. It's like, dude, what's the point of that? It's like, yeah, it felt good. Well, if I remember correctly, and I, I believe they changed the rule after DJK. I, I guess DJK was interviewed yeah. his freshman year, and I don't think he's saying anything too controversial or anything, but... They made headlines, and there's like, yeah, we're not doing this again. When did they do all the Twitter stuff? When always. Has it always? I been? think it's always been that way. Yeah. Ever since Twitter really kind of became so athlete oriented, because I mean, the first, when Twitter first started, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of athletes. Yeah. Because there wasn't that a popular social media platform for at least like people our age. Someone asked me that yesterday, and I could definitely see. I mean, mo- the guys on the Iowa team are pretty disciplined. But I could definitely see why that's a concern. Yeah. For if you're talking about headlines and stuff, that could be something that yeah it, take out of proportion. Yeah, and you know the the one thing I, I do want to give University of Iowa and all Kirk Ferentz or whoever was in charge of it credit for making Oliver Martin available because I think that was the last person on the team that was expecting them to let be made available. But I think about every outlet requested him just because I mean people need yeah. answers. I mean. There's, and and to his credit, I, I I think Oliver was pretty open and honest about it. But there were certain things that he didn't want to get into, especially revolving around the case why he should be made immediately eligible. That's probably a fair thing though too, because if he makes his case public, it could incriminate anything else he actually wrote in the report. Yeah. So he's doing that to protect protect his own case, which at least I I can respect that. Yeah, he's a smart kid. Obviously, he's. Uh, getting some advice from his lawyer, probably his parents, and then the coaching staff. So I mean, he—you knew that when they made him available, he wasn't gonna—he wasn't gonna go saying, you know, revealing too much about about it. And I thought he handled it really well, which really wasn't a surprise at all. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah, media members wanted to get something out of him too. I mean, that's our job, but yeah. he wasn't budging, and I think they did a good job of not crossing that line either, not being too harsh on him, like just asking like questions that had to be asked. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, too, where it's just getting to the point where we want, we'd we rather talk about and write about the, what the kid does on the field rather than just this whole eligibility process and the whole transfer process. Like, It's just the point now where, like, yeah, we're going to continue to talk about it, but we just, you know, there's only so much we can say, and we'd rather just talk about what he can do on the field. Uh, Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. With that, let's actually do that because Sean and I had the chance to watch Martin in the Saturday's practice, and I, I gotta say, technically, like sound-wise, he might be the best wide receiver on the team in terms of just what the gifts he has, quickness, the way he understands how to play football. I mean, he yeah. he was very he didn't drop a pass all day, warm-ups, anything, and that included a couple of really uh, tough catches. 
Yeah, he and Reganey, Nico Reganey, definitely looked like the most polished. And I mean, Brandon Smith too, but he didn't get as much run. I thought Reganey and Martin were really the two standouts on the offensive end, especially. And I think it's tough too. I mean, with Reganey there, if Martin ends up being eligible, he's a guy that Reganey you can play mostly a slot. He'll play slot, but with Martin you can put him outside. Um, he lined then, up at every receiver position, I yeah. think. Well, he got a lot of run actually. He ran with the twos to start. And then they ran him with some of the ones, and they ran him with Stanley here, and they, they ran him a lot with Petrus. And I know that Petrus overthrew him on one of his throws, but they had a couple of nice completions. He was wide open. He was, well, I guess the, the defender was trailing him a little yeah. bit, but Martin probably would have came down with it if he was close. Yeah. But also Julius Brents did a pretty good job on Oliver. Brents looks big. Yeah, he did. But Brents well, said, I don't, know, Dylan, I don't know if you saw this, but Julius Brents said he grew an inch and a half. Uh, in the past year, and he's also put on about 20 more pounds. He's about 6'3", 203 now. I mean, you got to – and with that coupled with, you know, he had his moments last year where he looked really good, and then he had some moments where it was like, yikes, which as any freshman does. So, I mean, obviously you get bigger, especially – I didn't expect him to get taller, but obviously you expect him to get wider. So you get – so that probably puts him at, what, six. Six, six, two. He says 6'3". Six, 6'3". Six, yeah, he looks 6'3", 6'4". Six, six, yeah, he's his, probably 6'4 with his afro. <laughs> but, I mean, he does have a fro. I mean, with his athletic, with his gifts, I mean, you know, he could be the next guy that you know, yeah, takes that big leap. For sure. And I, I think after, especially I think after this year, once Oja uh, you know, graduates and runs off eligibility, I think there's going to be a major competition for that corner spot. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of guys looking at that because Hankins – Unless he has a ginormous year, is going to stick around for one more year at least. Yeah, and there's a couple of younger guys too that can make an impact. Yeah, I mean yeah. the DB recruiting for Iowa has just been stellar Speak- last few years, especially. Yeah. Speaking of defensive backs, Dane Belton, freshman, true yeah, freshman from him. Tampa Jesuit, down there in Florida, got a lot of run. Obviously, Kirk said at after practice that the main reason for that was due to Jack Kerner being out, but. Dane Belton looked good, and there's a possibility that he'll probably play more than four games this year, considering the depth that they have. And, it could um, be like a Riley Moss situation last yeah. year, I think. Yeah, where, well, I mean, I think Belton's definitely more college-ready in yeah. terms of his body and kind of what he brings. He's big. He is big. He's big. He did look smaller on the field, though, on, on Saturday, which, I mean, it makes sense because – he was a man child, not man child, but a lot bigger than some of the kids he was going up against high school. But, That's a good league they play down there. Yeah, that Tampa, is. That's that Tampa is. area. But considering all the depth or the lack of depth and with injuries and stuff that, God forbid, could happen, Dane Belton's a guy that could make an impact this season, whether it be special teams, defense. Kirk said that, what do you say exactly, that – He's got a chance. He's got a chance. But he's working with more of the twos right now than the ones. Because, well, yeah, especially with, with Kerner yeah. injured. But Belton's a guy that could make an impact. I think he's, maybe not this year, maybe next year, I think he's a guy that could slide into that cash spot. I think he's more well-rounded in terms of, you know, being that hybrid guy. I think he's bigger than DJ is. And I think DJ, Dane's more of a safety. Yeah, And DJ is so more too. of a corner. So, yeah. I mean... That could happen, you know, next year, maybe two years down the road. Who knows? But there's obviously no shortage of, you know, potential at the defensive back spots. And when you have a guy like Phil Parker coaching him, it's, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something interesting, too, I, I want to dive back into, especially with the defensive backs and the catch. DJ Johnson has looked good every time we've watched him. <coughs> yeah. Spring, and he looked even better during the practice. I mean, he had, he times his blitzes as well as I've seen a redshirt freshman with playing in a role that, at the time, keep in mind, he wasn't even recruited to play because they hadn't even implemented the four-two-five when they were recruiting him. Yeah. So the fact that he has the ability to understand that is huge. And he plays bigger than he is. He's only 5'10", one, about 83. Yeah, which is crazy. He he definitely looked the part. He was he was rock solid. I know I looked through all 250 plays last night that we recorded. Part one is up on the site. Part two and part three of the highlights are going to be up soon. I promise soon. Um, he was really, really special out there in terms of just another athlete on the field because you look at Iowa, obviously the defensive line's loaded. The linebackers, there's some good athletes, but there's not a guy that's going to blow you away like, I don't know, maybe like a Justin Jacobs with some of that. Justin would be, but he's yeah. still He's still a lot. Ways away. Yeah. I mean, Kristen Welch is a good athlete, but not going to do anything amazing for you. Nick Neiman, another guy. But DJ, at 5'10", he's got speed. He's got good closing ability. Really looks comfortable. I know Seth Wallace was praising him a lot for some of the time blitzes he had and even some of the coverage. Um, and that, with Iowa's really athletic secondary, too, that's going to be, that's going to benefit them a lot. Yeah. Just because I think DJ, he brings that sort of different dynamic to the field. A guy who can bring down a bigger, def- or big, bring down a bigger running back, um, a guy who can cover, too, and just be another just all-around athlete on the field is really going to be huge for them. Yeah, you know, the thing is with that, too, and something I did kind of, I was looking through the, uh, last night, uh, when they switched in that four two five. what surprised me was Neiman was the odd linebacker out. Uh, I, I believe Jaiman Colbert and Christian Welch were the other two, but that, yeah, little bit, that kind of surprised me because I thought Neiman was faster. Well, uh, but Welch has the versatility. Jaiman needs to be a guy that breaks through because he, he, he's got a year of starting experience now. He's got to be a guy that really steps up, I think. Well, and Jamin has that, um, you know, he's kind of a, he was a safety in high school, so I mean, he kind of has. Came that. in thinking he'd be Bob Sanders. Yeah, and you know, you, you, he was bigger, and you, you know, kind of the consensus was, you know, he's probably going to get converted to linebacker just because I think in high school he was already like six two, two hundred and ten pounds. It's like that's a guy you can you can, you know, stick 30, 35, 40 pounds on, and and he'll be fine. So. There's a, a, a lot of versatility with him. And then, I mean, Neiman will he'll get there. Um, that is a little surprising, especially when you consider, you know, I know you know, Ben was obviously a, a very good coverage linebacker. And that might be some of the reason they switched to that four two five is because they could stay in that 4 3 four, get away with and it. they could get yeah. away with it because Ben was a safety in, in high school too, and he could cover, you know, guys in the slot like that. So that could be some of the reason that, that they made that switch. But... Um. Yeah, like you said, Dave. You can't forget that Jamin Colbert. You said it. Safety in high school, he's able to cover a lot of ground. We saw last year shutting down David Montgomery, who is going to be a Chicago Bear this year more than likely, and had that insane. Do you guys see that on Twitter? Yeah, that was nuts. But that that was one of the biggest surprises of this season and of Iowa last season was the fact that they shut down Montgomery as well as yeah. they did. And Colbert was a big Colbert was a big reason for that. He covers a lot of ground. He's not huge. I mean, he's definitely put on more weight and is pretty big, good size for a linebacker. Um, but he just does 
he just gets the job done and that's all you can ask and I think with a guy like him who's very all-around very skilled um, there's nothing really you can ask other you can ask for and I think with that 425 we talked about it's just more athletes on the field and I think Colbert would be a really really solid fit there but the nice thing about Iowa is you can kind of switch that a little bit because I mean I think him and Welch are a little similar when it comes to play styles and you got Nick Neiman who's more of like your typical linebacker a little more of a kind of coverage sort of guy if you know what I mean yeah and another interesting thing too was when I was talking to talking to Iowa linebacker coach Seth Wallace uh you know during media day I, I was asking him about you know how many players are actually in contention to get those starting spots and he said there's been not not one starting spot solidified and he said there was as many as six guys still competing Jeez. to get those three spots uh well, Seth, Seth Benson yeah. looked really good yeah. uh and he was the lay addition who actually I believe he talked to Chad Greenway at the latter part of his recruit and Greenway kind of pushed him uh to be at Iowa and I think he's turned out you know, so far so good. Uh, he's got a really good nose for the ball. Can tackle really well in space. Doesn't look like, you know, he, he looks like an Iowa linebacker, and he's put on the weight needed to do so. So I think he's a good push for uh, a spot. Uh, with that being said, let's let's try to transition into uh, defensive line play. Defensive line. Phil Parker said that it was it's the group he feels most comfortable with and most depth. I don't think you have to worry. I mean, enough's been said about AJ Epinesa. He had three sacks, looked tremendous. Uh, only played about a quarter of the reps, probably. Looked really good. Chauncey Golson came up with a sack as well. Looked good, uh, covering the runs on the edges specifically. And the interesting part is that Kelvin Bell and Phil Parker both said that defensive tackles where they feel like they have the most depth right now, rather than edge guys. Cedric Lattimore, Bray Reef. Davion Nixon, now Logan Lee at defensive tackle. I mean, even Austin Schulte's a guy that's... Austin Schulte looked yeah. pretty good, too. He really did. Uh, what was interesting, too, when I, when I was talking to John Wagner, uh, defensive end out of Dallin Catholic, he said the biggest mentor to him and a lot of the younger guys was Austin Schulte uh, wow. since their arrival on campus. Well, I mean, he's been... He'd been is, he, is this his fourth year? Or is this Redshirt his junior, year? I believe. So, I mean, he's been through the ringer once or twice, three times. <laughs> So I mean, well, especially switching positions, yeah, and he's twice. bouncing back and forth, you know, from the offensive line to the defensive line, and that, you know, that takes a lot of. I think it takes a lot of character to do that, you know, because you're sacrificing yourself. You're going from one side of the ball. You're basically doing whatever the coaches ask you to do. So that, I think, that speaks volumes to the kind of person that he is. So that shouldn't. I mean, that's really not surprising. Had a couple injuries too, I believe that he's kind of had a push through, but he's healthy. Um, so, Davion Nixon looked really good. Uh, I do think that as the season continues on, he's going to push for reps uh, at that, you know, with the first team. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Cedric Lattimore or Brady Reef. I'd say he's going to push more Brady Reef right now than Cedric Lattimore. Uh, Reef, Dave, Reef did have the only legit sack on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Right. <laughs> he actually sacked someone. <laughs> I can't remember what quarterback it was, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't hard. He didn't mean to, but like it, no. the way the Lions kind of pushed. You yeah. know, close the pocket. Yeah, knocked him over. But he's capable. He definitely yeah. is. There's, there's a lot of competition there for sure, as Kelvin Bell mentioned. I think Imani Jones is a guy that can, you know, I think what I think you might have posted the video where he had that tip. It was uh jo- Josh Christensen. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he just looks like he's just one of those guys. You know, he couldn't quite get it figured out at the linebacker spot. You know, you move him to defensive end. Maybe he's a guy you bring in on third down that can, you know, rush the passer up the middle or even. 
get along the edge because you know he's obviously a really strong kid. So yeah, owns some weight room records yeah. I think for linebacker. He squatted like six hundred fifty pounds or something. So I mean, I, I like the move, um, even if it is just to plug up space in the middle. Um, so. the, the thing is, he can play with reckless abandon on the edge. Right when you're a linebacker, you have to be more of that facilitator, communicator, call out. This is where we need to be. This is it. But if he's on the edge, especially in like certain packages, yeah. and he's allowed just to relentlessly go after someone, like third and long, throw him in there and just say, "Go get the go, quarterback." Yeah. That's that's something that I think he could, he's going to be. I was really thinking good it's at. almost like the water boy. Just go yeah, get just the quarterback. Get the, Don't worry about anything. Else. Just go. Has the ball. <laughs> so no, I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be a guy. Uh, I think John Wagner could be a guy. Right now, he's the backup to Chauncey Golston. Um, Zach Van Valkenburg, the D2 Hillsdale College transfer. I think he's uh, still getting acquainted a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, needs to understand the playbook a little bit more, but he's a very smart kid. Um, he put he said he described himself more as a, a run kind of run stopper rather than a pass rusher, but he had some really impressive pass. I believe he was a named first-team all-conference D2. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's very – he's capable of playing at a Big Ten level. Yeah. But it's just now getting acquainted with the playbook and everything like that. But as far as the defensive line, despite losing the top four guys, I don't think you have anything to really worry about. No. Comes. I think and they I have think, depth and everything. I think that's the case for the next couple of years too. Yeah, especially with the recruits. That they're getting. Like yeah. you said, the recruits they're getting in. Uh, all I'll say is this too. Enjoy AJ Epinesa because the guy is going to eat this year and he is going to be a Yeah. I don't I mean obviously nothing official. I'm not hearing anything, but the kid's gonna propel himself to I think unanimous top five pick. I think he's gonna overtake Chase Young as a number one defensive end prospect. Chase no disrespect to Chase Young, but Epinesa with just the limited snap count and everything and the production he has now, he looked that much better on Saturday. And that he's again, he's going up against first round tackle prospects every day and he's he made Alaric Jackson look like a a walk on. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that because Larry Jackson is a second-team All-Big Ten player, no scrub, but he made him look like a walk-on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, switch sides of the ball real quick. Uh, diving a little bit of the quarterback battle, uh, the backup battle that is. They said they won't make a decision until not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. But I got to say, if it's anything like Saturday, it's going to be over way before that. Because Spencer Petrus looks... Like, he's a guy with a big one more year under his belt in that not scout team role, but that taking the second team reps. He's a guy that I think is going to step in and have that early. Because keep in mind, too, whoever wins the backup spot this year has an in path to that starting spot next year. I know they'll say, oh, no, it's a whole new battle. No, it's going to be an end toward getting that starting job in 2020. Well, that was kind of the deal a few years ago with Stanley and, you know, the decision to, I think, Either Beathard went out or the game was out of hand and he, he's the one that came in instead of Uyghurs, um, you know, to back up to back up Beathard. So 
I think it, we could see something similar, uh, like this year, like if Stanley, say Stanley, you know, turns an ankle and he's out for a quarter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Beathard has helmet taken off, and mm-hmm. and he had to step out for a play because of the helmet rule. Mm-hmm. And Stanley came in and threw like a thirty yard pass yep. or something like like a little, little, it was little, it was a little to Wadley, right? Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. Route to Wadley, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think Petrus, I think, finished, again, very unofficial stats. We didn't get anything from, you know, the you know uh, University of Iowa. 18-25, I think, for probably 210-11 yards with the only touchdown pass, which went to Nate Weeding. Uh, there was a stretch, too, where Petrus was 11-12 with the only incomplete pass was a throwaway because he was getting yeah. uh, rushed from the edges, which for a backup quarterback to have that, I mean, he knows he's not getting hit. Keep that in mind, too. Yeah. But he's not trying too hard to make a play. He made the smart decision to the ball away. Yeah. But, no, like on like I mentioned earlier, on that two-minute drill drive that he had, he looked really good and showed a lot of poise, which led to a field goal. Didn't end up in a touchdown, but was able to get a pretty not easy it's field probably goal. Probably about 38 yards, 30 yeah. or 40 yards or yeah. so. And it sounds like the special team, the field goal kickers were great as well, too. 13 of 13. Yeah. Which shocked me because I, you know, I thought one of the most underrated losses hanging in next season would be Miguel Racino's and that consistency he brought. But Caleb Shudak, uh, look at Keith Duncan. I mean, they're both hitting fifty yarders from Keith, both hash marks. A few years ago, Keith Duncan was not known as that. You know, they kind of did a tandem thing where if it was like forty something plus, Racino's would kick it, and if he, it was he didn't have the leg strength to even go I, what no. over thirty five yards, probably. Not really. Yeah. So. No, that's a, that's a good point, though. I mean, it it's going to be a battle. That's going to be a battle that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Well, Kirk said they might both help in some way. So maybe we could see a little bit of that. But I think both of them are definitely capable of hitting that 40-plus. I'm willing yeah. to bet Shudak probably kicks off. Yeah. I, I'd give Shudak the early advantage. Uh, Keith Duncan, obviously the hero from... I mean, Keith Duncan's story, even if he never starts a game for Iowa, his story is basically real. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to go down in Hawkeye history because that field goal he had against Michigan as a freshman. Uh, oh, yes, I, I did want to touch on uh, Manziel really quick before we get into Stanley. Uh, Manziel, I think, 9 out of 18, threw a pick. Should have thrown maybe two or three. There were a couple dropped. Um, I did want to mention this, too. Riley Moss missed a couple big opportunities yeah. to earn himself some playing time. Yeah. He had two passes that hit him directly in the chest. Could not come up with either one of them. And one of them, Tyrone Tracy made an uber-athletic play and came over and caught it and yeah. got a few more yards out of it. But Moss, you know, you got to come up with those. They're right at him. The second one was a lot easier than the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was right to him. So, uh, with that being said, Manziel had a nightmare three-play three stretch where he threw a pick, got sacked, quote-unquote, and then he missed a snap. Which, again, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good snap by any means, but... He missed it. I think right there that kind of separates what Petrus from Manziel. Um, Manziel, you know, I still think he has the pocket presence quite yet. Uh, what it takes to play in Brian Ferentz's system. And something I do want to mention, too, they ran a lot of shotgun. They ran okay. even some. Everybody, you know, made jokes last year. They should run, oh, well, Iowa should run three tight end sets. There were a lot of sets where they didn't even run a tight end. They were three or four wideouts, yeah. which – Crazy. It sounds mind-boggling when you look at the situation two years ago when they only had two scholarship receivers. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Manziel's going to be a third man. I think Petrus has that backup spot. 
almost like not locked down yet. I think it's too early to say that, just for safety reasons, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's got the in route there. Uh, with that being said, Nate Stanley didn't have his best day either, but he's never really had a good spring practice or no, you know, fall camp. The and open the practice, I mean. Quarterback position, it's tough to judge in those scrimmages too. Well, it's like you said, to not you know go off of that for Petrus. You shouldn't go off of that for Stanley. I was two-year starter. I mean, Most experienced quarterback in the conference, right? I, I don't yeah. think anyone else is more. With uh, Hornybrook gone, with um, I want to say it's quarterback. Shea Patterson's still only a year starter in the Big Ten. Um, Northwestern, Clayton Thorson, 30-year eligibility is finally up. David Blau's 40-year <laughs> Eligibility is out. Uh, uh, I mean, Stanley's throwing. Well, I guess they got Sindelar. Yeah, <laughs> probably about he's the same. There forever, yeah. He's throwing. I mean, Stanley's throwing fifty-two touchdown passes the last two years, which is the most in program history in back-to-back seasons. So, I mean, you know yeah. what you're going to get. You can't, you know, jump to conclusions off of this spring game. You know, he's one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the Big Ten. So, I mean, you just you roll with him. Needs a Big Ten West title to solidify his name in Iowa history, though. Yeah. yeah. Despite being statistically everything. Stanley, again, Stanley got hurt last year for the last four or five games after that. I, don't, I think it was a, more of a major injury than they wanted to, you know, led everyone to believe, but I have no proof of that. Uh, but, I mean, remember, he banged his thumb on the back of, I think, Keegan Render's helmet in the yeah. fourth quarter against Penn State, which wasn't why he struggled with Penn State, though. Keep that in mind. Like, it was already a disaster day for for him in the Iowa offense, who lost by six points, but the offense failed to score zero of those 24 points. Uh, stepping aside, let's go to the running backs real quick. Running backs, I feel a little bit better about than I did. Makai Sargent only had about, five, I think, five carries. Uh, Torn Young looked really good, I thought. He looked like he wanted guys. I saw on Twitter a couple of tweets. He looked like he wanted to be the man. That's for sure. He Ran brought angry. it. He brought it, yeah. He looked good, I mean. He's not, Two as touchdowns. we said, so many, yeah, tech, three maybe. Yeah, that one that, that, yeah, one that should have been. they called down even though he wasn't tackled. Um, so you can count three on there. But, no, he definitely brought his cut. Look, his cuts looked good. He looked comfortable behind the offensive line, was a little patient, was a little more patient. Um, that's not a huge problem with him, but that's always a big thing with running backs. And just seemed ready, just seemed capable to take that extra load. I mean, I know Makai Sargent and him are going to, Split some carries, but he looked like he about won. 30 30, uh, maybe, maybe 40 40 20 with Ivory Kelly Martin. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Tyler Goodson get like five percent towards the end of the season, five ten percent. You never know. Goodson showed some nice ability, didn't break off really any big runs. There were a couple that he did, but he got called back, which had nothing, had no impact on the play, but was still holding regardless. Yeah. yeah. But Goodson brings a different dynamic. Yeah. Than the Iowa the staff. Other backs. Iowa staff really likes him too. So they really like him. There's he's a guy that may not make a huge impact this year, but next year is definitely he put, and, give keep, him give him a few more practices, put him behind the first offensive line, and. Yeah. You've got a guy who could develop into something special. That's going to be the interesting part, though. Just keep in mind, Iowa returns every running back on their roster next year. And I'm going to say this. Don't be surprised if Goodson rises up and takes a spot from one of the top two guys, top three guys. I mean, running backs, obviously you need to have probably two or three guys that are more than capable. On your oh, well, especially with Iowa's history, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, the one guy can only carry the ball in each play. So, I mean, when you have... 
what five that you're five that probably you right like, now. yeah that you like a lot. Sad, Chad, Chadrick Bird was a little bit more east west than I than I saw in spring, which I didn't like seeing. I don't know if that was designed to run, but he looked like he was going much more east west than north south. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have, but then you you start losing bodies eventually. So Ivory Kelly Martin also showed more patience. He had a couple nice runs. He also had a 23-yard catch. Uh, I think he's a guy that's playing motivated, but the key is for him is to stay healthy and to stay patient because he has the breakaway speed that none of the other backs on Iowa's roster has, but he's just not patient enough. And that's been the big, at least my big knock against him. I mean, that was when his first year when he, you know, I think he saw some action early on. He, I was impressed with the, his burst. He hit that hole. Oh, against Nebraska, almost had 100 it, yards. And that goes back to your patience thing. You know, obviously when the hole's there, he, he hits it well. But, you know, taking time, waiting for your offensive line to, you know, create, maybe create something for you. He just doesn't, you're right, he doesn't have that yet. And maybe, maybe it's different this year. Maybe he's kind of found that in his game. Well, the thing is, too, when, when Ivory Kelly Martin had that big game against Nebraska, like, he may as well have been – protected by a bunch of WWE wrestlers going up against toddlers because Nebraska's defensive line just was not good then, and it's not going to be the case anymore under Frost. I mean, that, just keep that in mind because, I mean, Nebraska at that time didn't – they used to match up physically with teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, and the Big Ten, but now with Zach Duvall, their strength coach, and the rest of the staff, they're going to be able to match up physically because they took over a bad situation. Uh, so, again, I, there's no disrespect to what Kelly Martin did in that game. But that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, but he has the skill set. The key is can you remain patient and have that vision. Uh, let's kind of touch on the receivers. We, we did a little bit at the beginning, real, uh, beginning, but let's kind of dive back into that just a little bit. Tyrone Tracy, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to catch a lot of people's eyes. Uh, he had a couple nice moments on Saturday, but he's got a different dynamic of a receiver skill set than I think everyone else on the at least on the roster, yeah. in terms of big playability and yeah. where, what you can do with him for sure. Nico Regani too is definitely worth the hype. Was everything you could ask for him more? Um, he could lead team interceptions. I think so too. I think he's definitely your most consistent, most reliable guy, which is insane for a redshirt sophomore or freshman. Freshman, he did get that extra year at uh, uh, Avon Old Farms. School. Yeah, Avon Old Farms. Yeah, but I mean. You guys aren't. I don't think that prediction's off basis just because I think he set the state record for career receptions with like just an absurd number. So I mean, you, you obviously know the hands are there. And the route running. The route run is there, and you know, I would prove last year that they're willing to hit that guy. When, yeah. And if if you have the right guy there, obviously Nick Easley was the right guy. Regini almost seems like an Easley clone. So. I mean, I don't think you guys yeah. are off basis there at all. The, the no. thing is, watch watch Regani when he right when the ball snapped. He does not have good like just speed right off the snap, but the way his cuts are in his routes, he will get open against most people. Like that's where he separates himself. Um, and he may, know, not, he, he may not be the fastest guy, no, but that's how be. that's how guys like that get open. You're precise with your cuts and. I mean, if yeah. he stays healthy and he stays for all four years, he's probably going to break. It's early, but he's probably going to break Kevontae Martin Manley's reception record. Hot take, maybe it's early, but I will say this: he was been Iowa's number one target in both spring and what we saw in fall camp. He's a guy who has that capability. And I'm not saying yards, I'm not saying touchdowns, any of that. I'm saying in terms of pure receptions, he's a guy that could be. Because keep in mind. He's taken over a guy who had 103 receptions in the past two years. Yeah. And people are saying he's already tougher to guard. Gino Stone said Brigham is tougher to guard than 
Nick Easley is, and Nick Easley's got a real shot making the 53-man roster for the Bills. So, uh, Brand Smith, I think, looked pretty good. He, he's just built. I mean, physically built like a Sunday receiver now. But it's just about developing that consistency. Amir Smith-Marset had a couple nice plays. Um, I think he's got a new attitude about him that could really help the team. Calvin Lockett looks better than I thought he would. Yeah, I was, I was impressed with Calvin. He dropped a deep pass, but... He did a couple really nice receptions. Looked really good, I thought. Yeah, he looks. He's still pretty skinny, but he's definitely on the added on a little bit of muscle. So that's good on him. And this group is gonna. They're gonna be expected now with Fant and Hawkinson, you know, departing, to take that next step. And if they if they don't, you know, guys like Smith, Marset, and Smith, you know, this is their third year. Like it's time to take that next mm-hmm. step. And I think if they don't, and the receiving's kind of. Lackluster, maybe a little underwhelming. It, it'll probably be the biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah. Something to keep in mind, too. Brand Smith come back, comes back next year. Emir Smith-Marset comes back next year. Tyrone Tracy and Nico Regani both have to come back next year. Oliver Martin. Oliver Martin will be eligible no matter what next year. Top five receivers for next two or three years. I mean, two years at least. I mean, it's good for whoever, if it's whether it's Petrus or... Uh, Padilla. Or, They'll have help. Yeah, a lot of help, a lot of experienced guys on the edge. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Uh, really quick, let's dive into the tight ends O-line before we kind of wrap this up. Uh, Nate Weeding looks more advance than I thought he would as yeah. a receiver. He had six catches for about 53 yards, had a touchdown. Looked like the leader out there. I thought he looked really uh, – he looks like a guy who could get you 25 catches this season. He's – yeah. And I think the thing with him too is with Hawkinson and Fant, you got lucky because those guys are both receiving. I mean, Hawkinson's more of a blocking – true blocking guy, but he really picked up his production at as a receiver too. I think Weeding, you're getting more of a blocker. Byer, you're getting more of an athlete who Byer didn't really show up. Byer didn't have a catch on no. Saturday, which was he, shocking uh, to me. They did have they did run like a double route or something, <laughs> and Byer and Weeding tripped over each other, which is kind of telling that it's not uncommon because it's fall camp. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You're still ironing ironing out the finer, yeah. the finer details. Oh, for sure. Drew, Drew Cook did look good, but I think most of his reps were against second and third team. But he had four catches, about 40, yeah. 48 yards. Yeah. Night. I mean, brought. Yeah, was able to carry on, hold on to the ball. I think he had a couple of yards after catch too. I, I will say. Of, I will say this, and we've kind of talked about. It. There will have to be a true freshman that plays. Yeah. I don't know when or at what capacity. But Sam Laporta or Josiah Miamin will have to play. Yeah. I'm placing bets on Josiah Miamin at this point. I would too. There yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Laporta, Laporta looked better as a blocker than I thought yeah. he would. He's put on like at 25, least. 30 pounds of at good l- muscle. Like already. Yeah. And Miamin had a catch too and looked pretty solid. He he looked huge at the high school game and now he's kind of a little more minuscule. But he keep, did. Keep in mind too, he, usually he told me when we talked to him at his high school. He's the youngest guy in his, like, 400-man class. Like, I think he just turned 18. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of room. You, there's a lot of things to work with, basically, is what I'm saying. He's going to turn 21 late then. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no. So, I, I think I think Miamin will have to step up. 
O-line wise, I think Tristan Wirfs looked good. I think Alaric Jackson, it's hard to judge him because he's going up against the man child <laughs> yeah. top five pick AJ Vanessa. Yeah. Tyler Linderbaum looked pretty dang good for a yeah. redshirt freshman who just switched to center. He's just he's just gotta prove it on the on Saturdays. Yep. Uh a lot snap, of height. Sh- shotgun snaps he's gotta clean up too. Yeah. And he, and he was a gifted uh, gifted athlete in high school. Like a four so, sport athlete. Wasn't yeah, he's he a wrestler. I want to say he played baseball. He did. And then he, he threw. Did, yeah. uh, he threw for track, and then obviously he played football too. So, I mean, he just kind of it's like almost like you can put him wherever you want and you know ask him to do it, and he's he's probably gonna excel at it. What that's what that's what Polisek was doing too, or saying too. Yeah, he says we recruit these guys for defensive line, but. As an offensive line coach at the University of Iowa, if we see someone that on the defensive line that we think can make a big impact on offense, we'll bring him over. And I know that's been a topic of conversation with a few of the recruits in the 2020 class and even 2019 too. That or 2020, we've seen it with Mason Richmond. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Dude was now a four star, by the way. Yeah, and built like a offensive lineman. He's going to be really good. But yeah, he is. High upside. Just they recruit, as you mentioned earlier, what Kelvin Bell was saying, they recruit defensive linemen. I was going to recruit just offensive linemen. It's almost just it's a lineman. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, uh, I do think the Paulsons need to step up. I think Cole Banwart needs to step up in the, the guard spots. I mean, they need to find a way to run the ball up the middle. Which, they have to. For the Paulsons, it's time you know five years they're like, former four-star you know, recruits like, when's this going to happen when's this going to happen it has to happen this year but bombard i'm not too worried about he's been he's been fairly he's consistent. been okay yeah. yeah i mean he's been nice he'll be fine i thought maybe he would get the center nod just because he filled in for render uh a few times last year but yep. obviously with linderbaum taking that over i, I figured it would either be bombard of the guard and linderbaum at center or bombard would have that center spot yeah but i mean He's going to be fine, but for the Paul, the Paulsons are the biggest thing for me just because everybody's been waiting for him. You know, they're former four-star recruits. It's like, all right, guys, let's, let's, let's get go. going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I think the the re- it's a good thing that the offense was able to move the ball against an Iowa defense because it's still an Iowa defense. Yeah. Like, they have at least one first-rounder on that defense. Again, I think Chauncey Golston's underrated. Uh, they have a real defensive line. Geno Stone's probably going to be a guy that's going to be looked at as an NFL prospect. Really quickly on safeties, Kevon Merriweather is so athletic. He could be good, but he needs to still grasp the playbook. He still needs to grasp the playbook. I mean, there are a couple times he was out of position, and the, co- the coaches politely, as you can expect, let him know that he was out of position. <laughs> I mean, he, he feels like he's still pretty raw. What is this, his third year playing football? Yeah. I think. Get, keep in mind, he gave up two D1 scholarship offers for basketball. And, and I mean, like, that was a signing day surprise. Everybody's like, what? Who is this? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's an experience, you know, def- DB room, too, with Stone now being in his third year. And then Ojemudi is a senior, and Hankins is a junior. So, I mean, they'll kind of help him, aid him along. Even the guys that are behind him are, they have a lot of experience in the program. So, he'll be fine. He's just, he's got that raw ability that you that you like. John Milani, West Dvorak, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just make sure. Uh, I will say that saying DJ Johnson could be that underrated MVP of that defense. Oh, no doubt. Like, the, just how important that role is. Like, Amani Hooker set the standard. And I'm not saying he will be Amani Hooker. I'm saying that's unrealistic by far. But DJ Johnson, I mean, like I said, he could be extremely good this year for this defense. 
So next week, I think we're going to put together our big Big Ten West preview. We'll preview. We'll go in depth on all the games. We'll decide where everyone will be placed. Will Iowa win the West? All that fun stuff. Big Ten title uh, predictions. The works basically because under three weeks away. Um. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, we might get one more media availability before actual game week, uh, which would be nice to kind of hear. Maybe some solidified stars or solidified, you know, freshmen who are going to play. Yeah, because there's still camp ends at the end of this week, right? I believe it ends. Yes. So there's. Might, yeah, I think it they ends. said it's a big week in terms of some of the position battles. Who, I mean, there's not a ton of position battles, but there's still there's some. positions for the two deep and to get reps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's still that'll be noteworthy. This definitely. is also switching to we're going to record it on Tuesdays here. Yeah. When Sean starts up school here. <laughs> so instead of dropping Tuesday morning, it's probably drop Wednesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, that depends on when I get up. I'll, I'll shoot to get up Tuesday night. <laughs> you don't do anything uh, other than 24-7. Uh, so you're, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> exactly. Not wrong. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, we'll be back on Tuesday uh, to give you the big Big Ten uh, preview <clears throat> and all of that. So thanks for tuning in.